Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of Best Hour of Their Day. Pamela Gagnon on today's episode. You may know her from the CrossFit Gymnastics course. You may know her from watching the Masters competition at the CrossFit Games. You may know her from her Instagram where she drops knowledge on a daily basis. She's probably, not probably, she is. I'm going to make a bold statement right now. She's the best person to be following if you want to improve your gymnastics. Go check her out. It's Pamela G. Non, P-A-M-E-L-A-G-N-O-N. That's her Instagram. She drops knowledge. She's got some great stuff out there. And more importantly, she's my good friend. We're going to talk all about how we met, how we've stayed in contact, and all sorts of great things involving her CrossFit career as a games-level competitor, being a part of the CrossFit gymnastics course, what that means now that the specialty courses have changed a little bit, and of course, how she's balanced staying so freaking fit, working on the road, teaching you guys how to improve your gymnasty, but also raising kids. She's a great all-around human being, as are all of the guests that we have on Best Hour of Their Day. So you're going to want to check this out, Pamela Gagnon. And before we get to that, I just wanted to thank everybody that signed up for our mentor program, the Best Hour of Their Day Mastermind Mentorship Program. It's sold out. Stop emailing. Stop messaging. Stop calling me. Just kidding. We're always going to allow more people to hop in, but for right now, we're getting a grasp of it. We've got some great stuff going on. If you're interested in getting in at a later date or when space comes available, hit us up on the DM at best hour of their day on Instagram, all social media. We have a fan page now on Facebook. I don't even know what that means. Social media is out of control these days. I can't keep up. I'm too old for this shit. But nevertheless, if you want to find out more about it, hit us up. Instagram's the best way, best hour of their day. And if you like this episode, share it, subscribe, please leave us a review. We've been stuck at the same amount of reviews for like two weeks now. Don't be selfish. We get it. You love this podcast. We're like that band that you don't want to take off so you can keep checking them out at that dive bar. I was that way. Back in the day, I saw Dave Matthews at all these little spots. Now I can barely get tickets to go see him at these big venues. But don't be that guy. Don't be a jerk like I was. Please, if you're enjoying this, if you're loving our shows, share it. But please leave us a review. It means so much to us. Go to Apple Podcasts. We know most of you are listening on Apple Podcasts. Anyway, just hit that five-star button and leave us a review. All right. I'm done with the sales pitch. I'm done. We're ready. Here's my interview with Pam. Hope you enjoy it. Best hour of their day. All right, Pam. We're live with the best hour of their day. We finally were able to connect. So great to speak to you. Thank you for having me. You know, I always love talking to you. You're like my old long lost friend that we've, you know, connected so quickly in life, but I feel like I've known you forever. So thanks for having me. Well, I feel the same way. It, you know, we have that funny story. We were both on the CrossFit (laughs) gymnastics crew in, where were we in Texas? Like some little, little town. Aberdeen is it called? Abilene. (laughs) Abilene. And that was... That's where Tucker's Ranch was, right? Am I remembering? Well, no. 
No, we actually drove through Abilene. We were in um, May, Texas is where the like CrossFit Gymnastics, like he assembled the crew that year, the summit meeting um, in May, Texas, which is three hours in the middle of nowhere from Dallas, you know, I guess, um, as I remember. But yeah, he, uh, so that's where we met. The, this, the summit ends and most of us had Monday return flights home. And it was kind of just like, hey, we all, the, you know, typical Tucker style was like, all right, see you later. We're done here. <laughs> and, and it was like, fend for yourselves. So you and I get in the car and we had interacted a little bit. And I barely, will, yeah. I will tell you, I was dreading getting in that car. I was like, this is my worst nightmare happening. I'm in the car with a stranger for three hours and I'm going to have to talk. Well, you and I talked about that because that's my worst nightmare too. My favorite alone time is in the car with my music and I'm like, nobody talked to me. Like, And I'm like, oh, I can't believe I have to drive with this guy for, I don't know. And meanwhile, we never shut up and we were like connected ever since, you know? Yeah, you know, I think we've all been in those rides where you do have to do that and it was miserable, but it was really fun. We connected and we had a, a great conversation. I don't remember what we spoke about the, all these years later, but it, it, it opened my eyes that, hey, you can enjoy someone else and, and talk to them even if you don't want to. Yeah. Absolutely. And look at what came out of it. A wonderful friendship. That is true. So most people know you from the CrossFit Gymnastics crew and your social media where you're all, all about spreading the gymnastics word. Yes. And, and, and you have an extensive background, but what I, what I really want to dive into is specifically coaching gymnastics because it's a little bit different than coaching CrossFit specifically. It is. And it's even, it's even more different when you're coaching it to adults. Um, it's like learning a language as an adult versus learning it like when you're three and four, you know, you just pick it up much easier in your youth. And so I became super passionate, you know, through a, about CrossFit because it gave me exposure back into my gymnastics world and background that I did through college. But I also then became really passionate about um, taking the challenge of teaching somebody who's 40 years old, who's never been upside down in a handstand, and like building their confidence to get work towards their goal, you know? And for me, it's all about, um, like, I think in life, I am a very empathetic, positive person. And I'd love to see confidence grow in people. Um, and because a lot of people are, are down on themselves, and if you focus on the negative, then you're not really going to see all of what you've accomplished. And I think that's what made me so passionate about coming up with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of drills to be like, oh, I, I can do that drill. Okay. You know, instead of them looking at the whole skill and being like, damn, I'll never get there, you know? Well, what, yeah, it's unique in CrossFit that there are adults doing gymnastics for the first time in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond. And I want to make sure everybody knows how substantial your career was. You're a Division One gymnast. I was, yes. Where, where did you go to school? Rutgers. 
Rutgers, New Jersey. Yeah, Jersey. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you graduate from Rutgers and you were you did very well. I, I kind of remember you telling me there's a point system and you wound up getting to like a, a eight or a nine. How did that work? For what, in gymnastics? Yeah, for the gymnastics and you... Oh, oh, yeah, like level 10 or whatever. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I never competed at a level 10, but like I, right before I went to college, I kind of made it, you know, I could have competed in that, but then I went, ended up going into college. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, like my gymnastics career was all about a very similar or parallel worlds to, I think, when I started competing in CrossFit. I loved the challenge, but I always made sure I was having fun. And I think once I realized, like, okay, this is a little little less fun. <laughs> you know, obviously hard work is hard work. But, like, I guess fun meaning the passion was really driving me to the goal. So, you know, when I finished college gymnastics, I kind of was a little burnout, you know, like the passion and desire was not there as much, you know, it took a, I mean, so many years of my life of, of training. And, um, you know, I think when I found CrossFit, I found that passion again, and I was super excited that I could have something in my life that would give me that mental and physical challenge again. How old were you when you stumbled upon CrossFit? I, let me see, how old was I? Um, It was in 2000, like literally, I think it was uh, September, October of 2010. So I know the first open in 2011, I'd only been CrossFitting maybe like, you know, four or five months. Um, So I'm 45, so... I guess what you're is about 35 years yeah, so old, 35. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah. Where, where, how did you f- just find CrossFit? So I belong to, um, the JCC in Charlotte here and my sister, this is why we got along so well, yeah. Northeastern Jews. That's, That's right. Really what it was all about. <laughs> you know it. Um, so, uh, my sister had like heard that there was this, crazy functional fitness thing going on at the JCC. And she's like, you got to try it. So she actually introduced me to it. And they, they didn't call it CrossFit, but they talked a lot about CrossFit. They're like, yeah, there's this crazy thing in California and they have these CrossFit games. I was like, dude, sign me up. And I'm like, I want to train for that. And they're like, whatever, you know? And, um, so we didn't do CrossFit. We just did functional fitness, but they talked a lot about CrossFit. So when I left the when I was looking for something a little bit more competitive, my kids had just finished preschool. So I was kind of ready to leave the JCC um, fitness, you know, world anyway. And you were doing like the standard mom dropping their kids off. Yes. Cardio light machines type of thing. Literally. I mean, I spent, I think 45 to 60 minutes a day on that stair stepper that the stairs like disappear. (laughs) Oh, that thing is now that stair mill is the worst piece of equipment ever it's it's worse than the assault bike it's awful but it's so boring and I was like so then I tried tennis with some friends and everybody just wanted to chit chat and I'm like you know I'm fierce I'm like I want to win I'm like why doesn't (laughs) anybody want to sweat so um yeah so I googled you know CrossFit gyms and I found CrossFit Charlotte so Andy Hendel who's on you know the L1 staff um 
and Spencer, Spencer Hendel's dad. Yep, yep. Dad. And uh, he scooped me right up and was like, we're going to train. And, you know, I mean, we had a great time and the open came and he's like, let's go. And I was like, what's this? You know, so I kind of stumbled into competition mainly because of Andy and um, owe him a lot for mentoring me as a coach and as well, too. So he immediately realized how good you were. Well, I think like, I mean, it was never spoken, but I think like as a, I think you see a gymnast and you're like, wow, they have a lot of body awareness. Man, I could teach her this. Oh, you know, like, okay, I showed it to her once. And she's like, okay, I get that. Because gymnasts just really know how to move their body through space, you know. And I and I had a lot of strength through, you know, my training days at CrossFit. So, I mean, at, as a gymnast. So, CrossFit came a little more natural to me than just somebody off the street who was a soccer player in college who might not have a lot of upper body strength or body awareness like a gymnast would, you know. Well, and especially back then, it was unusual for a woman to be so proficient at the gymnastic movements. Yes. So did you have muscle-ups on day one? I did. <laughs> Don't hate me. Um, so this is how I found um, found out what a muscle-up was. So, you know female gymnasts don't go on the rings. Like that was not part of our training as, as gymnasts. So, um, I'm at the JCC. This was in the functional fitness world before I, you know, I even joined Andy Hendel's gym and the guy was like, Hey, you know, I see on CrossFit, they're doing this thing on rings. He's like, it's called a muscle up. And he shows me like how to get in a false grip. And he showed me like, kind of, you know, what it was, pull and press. And I was like, challenge done you know i'm in and so i lost the false grip the very first one i i remember it like vividly and i'm like no no no, i got this you know because i knew i could pull high enough and then i held on to the false grip and they were like what you know and i i got it like and it was all strict you know there was no kipping back then so we were a hundred percent strict muscles so yeah i mean that's that's impressive because even even though you were a gymnast like you said i think some people might not realize females don't do the muscle up. They don't get on the rings like the men do. So mm-hmm. you, you were able to get that. How does someone go from division one gymnast to the JCC? <laughs> like that, you know, even for me, like wrestling and I did, you know, but I was doing bodybuilding stuff and I, I continued to wrestle and I would do plyometric stuff. You're like the typical just soccer mom at that point. I was, yeah, I was like very lost in a physical and competition sense. And definitely, I mean, I, I, like I said, I tried tennis, I tried uh, boxing, I tried kickboxing, I, you know, and I'm like, nothing just filled that void. Um, And I, I coached gymnastics a little bit after college. So I stayed you know, in the gym for maybe two, three years after college. And I would condition with the team and just play around a little bit. But there was no such thing as like adult gymnastics back then. People, It was unheard of, you know. Um, and CrossFit, I think, brought that back a little bit. I teach a adult gymnastics class every Monday at a gymnastics club now. Um, and they're all CrossFitters, you know, but we have a blast. And it just brings the fun back in training. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I was also busy with two – young toddlers. So my life didn't have a lot of time for that. And I think, you know, my, you know, everybody's life goes through different stages. So about every five years, I'd say my needs kind of change as my kids 
were young and now they're teenagers and almost off to college. So things evolve over time, but I was definitely ecstatic when I found CrossFit. Let's just put it that way. I feel like it saved me, you know? Yeah. So on, on day one of CrossFit, if, if you at your peak it, at Rutgers was a hundred percent, what percentage of your gymnastics did you still have right away? Um, I had a lot. I don't know percentage wise, just because you Can know, you I was out there and do the same stuff you were doing in New Jersey. I, I held on to a lot of it. I mean, I wouldn't say I was in competition shape that I could compete like on a college level, but we're talking 12, 13 years later. How did you, how did you keep that? Um, at home, I would always play around with handstands, press handstands. Like, I mean, I have conversations like in my house, just like upside down, holding handstands. Are you upside down right now? I'm, I am I could be. Do you want me to be? You know, um, I do remember at that same summit we talked about, there was a challenge to hold the handstand the longest, and I believe you won. I did, yes. The handstands have always been my jam. Um, and I just promised myself when I left college, I made a promise to myself I would always, as long as I could, do a, have a press handstand and all three splits. And I'm 45 and so far so good. And I can still do a stalder press like from the floor sitting. So, um, you know, thanks CrossFit as well too. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I stepped into CrossFit with, I would say an advantage, you know, huge, Um, I mean, a fair advantage, but an advantage nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the top CrossFit athletes who are in the games, most of them have a significant gymnastics background. What's your longest freestanding handstand? I think it's like two minutes and 37 seconds. Legit. And that's now, like not moving. I stay static. Yeah, like, you are legit. You were like a statue. Are, yeah. Do you have better CrossFit gymnastics skills than the games athletes? Meaning, no. no, are they better at things like pull-ups, muscle-ups than you are? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe when I was training for the games, I could keep up with some of them, but no, those those girls are beasts, you know. Um, but do you have better typical gymnastic skills? Um, I don't know because I haven't really seen them. You mean like tumbling and stuff like well, that? And I mean, like a planche, scaling, all that type oh, of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen some of some of the like top games female athletes do some like stalder presses um so yeah i would say i let's say i could maybe hold my own but they would probably crush me in a a good amount of stuff (laughs) especially at this point that i'm not training anymore really you know at the games level in 2001 coach glassman wrote the theoretical development of a an athlete and he put gymnastics you know, it went nutrition, yep. metabolic conditioning, gymnastics was third below weightlifting and sport, meaning yeah. it was more important than weightlifting. Yeah. What do you, do you think that's the best? What would you do if you were, if you had another baby and you're like, I'm training this baby to be the games champion in 18, 20 years. You're making me like sound like a crazy mom. <laughs> I put no pressure on my children. I'm putting it out there. No. Well, I I guess I asked that question. I don't know. Are your kids fit? No. Um, My kids are definitely fit. They found their own passions. Um, So do they do CrossFit? 
Um, my older one CrossFits in the gym. I mean, in the gym. My older one CrossFits in the garage um, three to four times a week. It's so cute because like he'll text me from school. Like, hey, mom, uh, make sure a wad is on the whiteboard um, in our garage. So um, he doesn't go to the gym because it just takes up a whole lot of his day. And he is in a, you know, tremendous amount of classes and guitar lessons. And he, you know, he works. So and he plays like basketball. A good, like a good Jewish boy. He's in many yeah. activities. He is. He's he is. very well-rounded. Yes. And um, my younger one, who is finishing his freshman year in high school, um, is more a little more like me, like more body weight kind of ninja. He does parkour, did gymnastics, competed in gymnastics for three years. Um, and he is my computer coding specialist. So, gotcha. um, but they are, they are both fit. They know how important fitness is in, um, for your brain, for your health, for your mental health, for your physical health. Um, they make fun of, you know, all my healthy eating and that I, you know, cook healthy things, but really deep down, they love it. And, you know, we have ice cream, we have crap in our house. It's not like we don't, but, um, yeah, but, but I it think- must be challenging for them to be beaten by their mom. Yeah. I think they, I think they do think kind of it's cool. Um, I think they are so used to like, my mom's super strong, uh, you know, their friends. I remember in middle school, um, I was training for the games and I was, so I had their middle school is like a mile from my house. So I was running the middle school track and the classes came out. So I was finishing up the wad, the track wad. And one of my, um, one of the kids like later that day was like, Leo, your mom is jacked, you know? Yeah. But (laughs) are they like, Hey, like, are the, are the teenage boys like, Hey, can we go to Leo's house? No. (laughs) Hang out. Nothing creepy. (laughs) No. Leo, is your mom working out this afternoon? Can we come over and watch her? (laughs) Um, One thing that sounds like, here's what I always recommend to teenage boys. Pick up the guitar, learn how to play guitar before you go to college. Oh my God, that's so so crazy you said that because my my 17-year-old, who's going to be a senior, in January, six months ago, he's like, I want to learn guitar. And we're like, okay. And he's yeah. so good. He's, he loves it. He's so good. I think okay, but you, a- you understand yeah. why he wants to learn guitar, right? It has nothing to do with music. It's all about the ladies. It's all about the ladies. He's a smart kid. You've raised yes. him well. You've done yes. well with that one. Yeah. And, and he does great card magic, too. He has a great sleight of hand. He oh also my did that. goodness. Too. You. Yep. He's going to be bringing home a lot of different girls over the years, <laughs> yeah. just so you know. Magic <laughs> and guitar, Eddie's fit. You've raised the perfect man. And very smart. And very raised smart. me now, right? So, um, well, you so, know, go, yeah, going back to my question. Yeah. Would gymnastics be a priority? Yes. I think that, um, you know, everybody that takes the CrossFit gymnastics course is like, I always yell at my parents for never putting me in gymnastics as a kid. You know, this would have been so much easier. Um, it's, it not only builds body awareness and strength, but it, it's a sport that will build a lot of confidence too. Um, you know, you have to get out there all on your own and compete just like wrestling. It's just you, the judge and, you know, wrestling, you have a competitor right against you, but, uh, right with you, but you know, it's kind of that, one-on-one sport and it takes a lot of nerve to like step up there and uh you know know everyone's watching and so I think it builds a lot of that 
confidence in children as well too. Whether they have a bright future in it or not, that's not the point. It's just another tool to give them as they grow into, you know, who they're going to be. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt that you, I mean, you rarely see like an out of shape or fat gymnast. Yeah. And I always always say like, um, you know, at the seminars, I'm like, show me one gymnast that has trouble learning a jerk or a snatch. Like they just get it, you know, they just like, oh, my body's here and then it lands and then it's here. And then, you know, so it just, it's a great foundation for any sport. Although I have to say, gymnasts don't make the best hand-eye coordinated sports. Like ball sports, I don't know. It's so weird. I know many gymnasts, including myself, that like, you know, when you play like handball and you throw the ball against like the roof or the wall, I'm not very good at that. Well, you can control your body, but that's, you know, weight, you know, above gymnastics is weightlifting and throwing. And you just didn't develop there. But I didn't. No. You know, I'm sure with a little bit of practice, you would be good there. If, it's never too late. So a lot of, you know, we don't have a lot of kids listening to this podcast. So we get a lot of, you know, adults and, and CrossFitters and CrossFit coaches. What would you recommend? You know, their parents didn't put them into gymnastics. Okay, now what? How do I get better? Because so many people in CrossFit, they're just like, I want to get stronger. They have to go on the next best weightlifting program or powerlifting program. But very few people say, I want to develop my gymnastic skills. Right. Um, One, you know, make sure you're with a coach or a gym that really knows the foundational steps. And we just posted on CrossFit Gymnastics today um, that the elevator is broken to the top. You have to climb each stair. Basically, like success, you don't just take the elevator up to success. It takes step by step by step you know, hard work. And so, um, knowing and understanding that these little four, five and six year olds that are doing gymnastics, they spend years at the foundational level. And I think that CrossFit and CrossFit athletes and coaches are really starting to understand that and the importance of learning how to build the correct technique, strengths, and body awareness so they stay safe and they have a strong foundation because, you know, don't ever say you're never going to do a freestanding handstand push-up. Like, if I don't give you the tools as a coach to understand how to build the tripod strength, then I'm not doing my job. I'm basically saying as a coach, you'll never get there, so don't worry about it. But that's not my job as a coach. My job as a coach is to give them every tool and every technique and build all the foundational strengths so they can choose, Hey, I want to move towards that goal. So, so with that being said, coach Glassman has recently come out and said, you know, if he can do one thing, he would have downplayed the importance of the kipping pull-up. Mm-hmm. What do yeah. you think about that? Um, I think that it, I think it got lost in the shuffle of mechanics, consistency, intensity. So, um, you know, in the L1, when they teach that, like a lot of people forgot that the kipping pull-up is the intensity portion. They didn't build the mechanics and the consistency. And in the gymnastics course, we talk about, um, you know, our foundational is building strength, 
strength, strength first. So that's like kind of, you know, understanding the mechanics is really the strength portion of um, the gymnastics world. And I think that the kipping pull-up got lost in that shuffle of, oh, I can just take the elevator up real quick. Um, and people didn't understand that. No, the purpose of kipping pull-ups was to build the intensity. And that's the third thing on the list, you know? So I think that, um, the community is really changing and evolving back to understanding like, Hey, we need strong, healthy shoulders. We need to learn how to do an efficient beat swing, and then we can marry the two. But without those two, my, my athlete's not ready. And I always give the example. It's like, um, if my son were to cheat in pre-calculus and he came home, he's like, mom, I got a hundred. And I'm like, okay, great. But did you earn that hundred? Because in calculus, you're going to be screwed because you really didn't understand the foundation of pre-calc where, you know, if he's in pre-calc and he studies really hard, but still can only get an 85. I'm like, that's okay. You earned that 85. Now we'll work for that extra 15%. And I think a lot of people get lost in the shuffle of like, oh, I just want to get to calculus class <laughs> instead of earning their right to make it to calculus class. So I, I always hashtag learn it to earn it. Um, and I'm really passionate about making sure that they learn the right strengths and mechanics so they earn the right to move on, you know? Yeah, I think over the years, the most common injury I saw was some sort of tear to the shoulder mm-hmm. when, and it, you know, I blame myself when, and it was primarily women, they were, they were able to do kipping pull-ups, but they didn't have the prerequisite strength to do strict pull-ups and they would beat up their shoulders. And in retrospect, that's certainly something I would have changed. And yeah. We we see that shift on dot com. Have you have you checked out dot com? Do you see what's going on there? Oh yeah, daily. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What what do you uh, think about that programming? We had somebody on the the person that runs Mild Box Albany CrossFit, and they use it. And he said the improvements his members have gotten has been incredible. Yeah, I mean it's what you know CrossFit Gymnastics preaches every weekend. Um, going just back to the basics, and I mean what what a lot of people don't or a lot of coaches might not understand is like you're taking people that might have not done athletics for like 20 or 30 years since they were like 15, 16 years old. And you're throwing them into this complete, like crazy intense program and you have to dial it back. And I think like when you see everybody moving, you know, fast and at one pace, like during the log, it's hard, it's easy to get lost in that shuffle. And that's where the coach's job is to step in and say, here's what you're doing today. And here's what they're doing. And here's, we're all going to, you know, um, fulfill the needs of, of um, getting what we want out of the program. But this is what you need first. And I think .com is doing a great job of building back into that original foundational program that Glassman had, you know, that, that he wrote CrossFit on. So what would be your advice at a box level, knowing this now, but also, you know, balancing, Hey, I have to run a business where the members are happy, Mm -hmm. but how do, how do I convince someone, Hey, you've been doing kipping pull-ups, but you're not strong enough to be doing them. I need you to stop. How do you, how do you go about that? 
Yeah. And again, like at the CrossFit Gymnastics course, I talk about this all the time. Like nobody wants to watch everybody play on the playground and sit in the corner. Like, so, um, it's your job as a coach to make sure they don't feel punished. Um, and that they, you build the trust of, Hey, I care about you. And I've noticed that you're, you know, dropping into the, um, shoulder where your ligaments and tendons are more taking your body weight than your muscles. So I think that it'd be a really good idea. I have an exciting, um, way to teach you how to build more strength, but still have a lot of fun while doing it. And so we break up, you know, a toenail spot pull up or we might be doing, you know, some, something a little different, um, to build the strength, um, toenail spot pull up is probably my favorite. And then we're going to work on just the beat swing, or we're going to work on, um, you know, understanding the mechanics of the arch and hollow. So they're not just being punished and doing strict strength stuff. That seems really boring. They're also getting to swing and play in a safe way. And I always say, give me six weeks if you aren't feeling stronger, happier, fitter, then let's come back and talk about it. And I've yet to have anybody come back and talk to me about it. And if they do, maybe they're not executing the skill correctly. Um, or maybe they're already building strength faster than I thought. And I need to up the ante a little um, and give them something a little more challenging. Yeah. And, and really, you're just safeguarding them against themselves. And they're going to be able to do CrossFit a whole lot longer, which is going to allow them to have more fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, you know, I care about every athlete that walks through the door and I think that, you know, people who truly care, they, your athlete sees that. And, and I care enough to be like, Hey, I'm going to come up with something that will make you excited to come in here every day. Here's what also is good too. Like give them something when they walk out the door, they're like, man, damn, I did that. You know, like, you want them to walk out feeling confident about what they did, not feeling down about what they did. So if they're struggling with these kipping toes to bar and they're dropping and they can't string it together, like, man, I'm going to leave there like, God, I suck at toes to bar. But if I give them something that can um, alleviate the frustration, but in the found, you know, build the foundational movement, they're going to leave there like, Oh my God, I did that right. I finally did something good, you know, and that's, what's important. And yeah, you're going to have people that don't like that. And so that's okay. You know, this is how I want to run my business and that's my moral code. And there's plenty of other gyms that may not hold their, um, you know, them to the standard of making sure their athletes leave safe every day and confident and building the right skills. But that's, their adult prerogative to leave or stay. And and it's super short-sighted because you might be thinking, well, they're going to leave or they're going to be unhappy, but they're going to leave anyway if they get hurt. Exactly. Definitely. Now, your career path is unique because it changed drastically, you know, five, six years ago. What, What did you want to be when you were at Rutgers University? Yeah, I had literally no idea. <laughs> so, did you was, ever did you have a a quote unquote real job? I did. I had a few real jobs. So, I was um a communications major and then I worked um f- um when I graduated college, I worked for Classic Sports Network, which is called ESPN Classic now. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, That's New- actually my New- favorite ESPN. Yeah. So in New York city and I, um, was like an assistant producers. I don't even know what, 
what I was called. Um, and, uh, that was really cool, but I, I was not into the bustle and grind of New York city. It just wasn't my thing. It was fun, like for a little while. And then I was like, I could not do this for an entire career. Um, and then I ended up going back to grad school at UPenn for my master's in education. And I taught fourth and sixth grade, um, for about five years. And that was truly my passion. Like I absolutely loved teaching. Um, I still miss it, but I really get fulfilled by teaching adults. I I really teach kids the same as I teach adults in empathy, you know, being empathetic and giving them something to be excited about every day in small doses. And, um, you know, I, I just think it's really important to just like hear their stories and understand like, Hey, you know, some, I had a tough day and I just want to make it a little better, you know? So I taught, um, I taught fourth and sixth grade. Um, and then when I had my kids, I stayed home for a little bit and I started a promotional apparel business and I had that for nine years. Um, so I designed logos and taught myself kind of, um, Adobe illustrator and stuff and, uh, had a, had a really good, successful, you know, apparel, um, business. And then I found CrossFit and just dove back into the teaching, which was more coaching. You didn't have to go to UPenn to teach, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Penn has the, like one of the top two master's programs. So I was really excited that I got in and was able to go to Penn for that. So oh, Yeah. I mean, that's a very prestigious school. I, yeah. You know, my, my dad, it was funny because my dad was like, shit, you know, I, I called him and he's like, I'm like, dad, I want to go back to grad school. He's like, oh man, I got another bill, you know, because my dad always promised me an education. That was like his one promise. And so I love that, that I didn't have student loans from grad school. I was very fortunate and um, I am too doing the same for my children. And that's why I work really hard and save a lot of money so I can afford them the education that they want and uh, do good in this world. Where does your oldest want to go? Um, so he's looking at UNC, um, American, um, and uh, um, William and Mary are his top three right now. Very cool. So yeah. the best coaches that we've had on here from Boz to EC to Coach Bergner, similar to what you just said, it's it's like you're teaching kids and you if you can if you can teach kids you can teach adults. Mm-hmm. Do you think that helped you your educational background? Oh yeah, being you- as yes, be teaching fourth and sixth graders absolutely brought patience, understanding, um a lot of like how to break it down for different learning levels. So, you know, I had a class of 25 kids and I had 25 different learners. So I had a visual learner. I had an auditory learner. I had, you know, somebody who, who didn't like to pay attention at all. And I had to grab their attention in some way. And, um, we were constantly changing and moving and doing different, you know, exciting projects. And, um, it takes a lot of work and a lot of energy if you're passionate about something. Um, but that's who I am. And I just, dive like a thousand percent in and I hopefully you know people can can understand that it's because I care so much you know you do care give me your craziest Jeff Tucker story (laughs) and for those you know he's kind of become a little bit of a recluse at at this point right he's out in Texas he's got his ranch and and I I will have him on the show in in the near future 
But, um, <laughs> it, you know, Google Jeff Tucker if you're listening because he was the CrossFit gymnastics guy. He was, yeah, you know, he started traveling it all. The world. Of, uh, he burned himself out to some extent, mm-hmm. you know, traveling too much, but he, he still keeps a, a, a great crew going. What's your best? <laughs> is it too, it can, and can you, you know, say it on this podcast? I can say it on this podcast. I'll pick one that um, Jeff will, will, will uh, it, he'll laugh about and cry about all at the same time. So we go to his ranch for a summit every year. Um, we've changed it, our locations the last two years just because it, you know, it's more convenient for everybody. But he's, he and his wife couldn't be more welcoming to their home. They cook for us. I mean, it's like downright Texas living, you know? So he's like, um, all right, guys, we're going to take a walk around the ranch, but we're going to kind of move some wood. (laughs) We're like, what? (laughs) So, I mean, we're dressed in like regular clothes, you know, like I don't think we were in workout clothes. And he's like, yeah. So he like we take it was probably like a five mile walk. And he's having us move these like huge things of wood. He's like, yeah, this is how we get fit on the ranch. And we're like, um, I think he just wanted like the labor, like for us to move something from one spot to the other so he could start using it to build. <laughs> I was like, was this free labor from Jeff Tucker? That, Jeff Tucker? that and, sounds about right. Oh my God. And uh, we're like, wait, why are we moving these things? <laughs> It was like the most perplexing like week weekend of like what what are we working out? What are we doing? Is this a ranch walk? It's like Rocky Four. He knew what he was doing. Oh, he totally knew it. And then like a few weeks later, we see him like building his like you know wooden hut or whatever. With I'm like shit, we moved that so he could build that, you know. Um, but no, he's he's really um, welcoming, you know, and his wife to our, to their home and you know, we all know their kids and their family, you know, we're all like family at this point. So, um, he's, he's a fun character. Let's, let's put it that way. He, he's a very amazing, interesting person. And I love him. So that, that's a, a great story to share of him. And he is a very generous and welcoming person. Yes. And emotional, very emotional. He is. I remember mm-hmm. I met him at Albany CrossFit. It must've been 2008. He was doing the seminar and he wrapped up and he started crying. Yeah. And I was like, you know, first of all, he showed up wearing jeans, which is no big oh. deal, but I'm Always. like, you know, I guess he's Always. not doing anything. We're, we're going to be doing it. And um, yeah, he cried at the end. And I think that's something that he's passed on to the gymnastics culture just be of service. It's something you'll hear him say. And it's clear, mm-hmm. you know, I had you and Chuck and it's, it's clear that you guys are doing the same. You know, I was thinking yeah. about this before we got on, I was looking at your social media. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it strange for your kids that mom is like this Instagram famous person? I think in the beginning it was, and now they're just like, Oh mom, you know, <laughs> cause they're like, you know, I'd assume at that age they want to develop, a social media following. That's what everyone wants. And I see Um, teenagers. Yeah. I have to say my, my, um, youngest, who's going to be a sophomore doesn't even have an Instagram. Um, he hates social media. Good Um, for that. Good for him. That's, that's great. And my older one might go on it like, you know, once a month they're, they're just really not into social media at all. 
Yeah, I'm lucky for that. I've not asked anybody this. How different is it as a teenager growing up in 2019 than it was in 1995 like we did? Yeah, man, I don't. I don't envy them. I, I almost want to cry for them. I think the social media pressures, the, the pressure social media puts on you to outshine, to be more, you know, what am I missing out on? I think a lot of it is like the, the FOMO, like the fear of missing out. Um, and even as an adult, I like, I'm like, oh, you know, they went out for dinner. I wasn't invited, you know? Oh yeah, I get that. And I'm like, wait, I'm 45. Why do I fucking care? I don't, (laughs) I didn't even want to go out to dinner. I don't like to, you know? And, but, but if it affects me when I'm so, so like confident in who I am and I don't, you know, I really don't care, but it still affects me. I can only imagine how hard it would be as a teenager who doesn't even know who they are, who's trying to just fit in with whoever loves them and likes them or gives them attention. And oh, I, I don't envy it. And I have no idea how my children um, got turned away from social media, but I'm very thankful that they did. You know, they snap their friends or whatever, but that's more of a form of texting, I think, more than anything. So good parenting um, is how they got there. Oh, so. thank you. Thank you. It, yeah. I, I think also they know like my Instagram is strictly like business um, and there's a purpose behind it. You know, I'm, I don't take selfies. I don't have, you know, like I'm really, it's all about like helping the community and not that selfies, there's nothing wrong with selfies, but I think, you know, that would be weird for my kids if they were like, why is my mom, you know, kissing, doing like pouty face and selfies. So, um, you know, they see it more just as a business. And so they're proud of it. And, you know, I think they think it's kind of cool, I guess. But. Well, and I was going to also say about your Instagram is, yeah, it's very business-like, but you do a great job of balancing showing off your athletic prowess with teaching. Thank so you. It's like, but, yeah. I'll let you know I can do this shit, but I also <laughs> can teach it. Like you have <laughs> some pictures and videos of what you can do, but there's, it's a ton of teaching and, and I'll put all of your social media in our, in the notes that go along with this, but I, yeah, perfect. before we hop off, I always ask everybody, do you have any book that you recommend the listeners read? Mm. Oh, man, wasn't ready for that question. Um, do I have any book that I recommend? Let's see. Um, I just read, I can't, it was a sale. It was, it was about like sales and marketing. And I literally can't remember the title, of course. So you'll have to get back to me on that. (laughs) All right. Well, you'll, you'll tell me, I'll add it to the list. Um, And the the Torah, you can't go wrong with the Torah. You know, I mean, nightly scrolls over here, let me tell you. (laughs) You you know, that's, I just thinking about it. A lot of people, when you ask them a book, you know, depending on their faith, many people will say the Bible. Jewish people never say the Torah. Never. <laughs> so I don't know. It's probably because it's in a different language. That's it, probably that is, the deal breaker, right? I'm thinking that's the deal breaker for sure. Yes. The, the barrier to reading is is greater than reading right. the Bible. Well, exactly. it was great catching up with you. Well, you too. Thank you so much for having me on and love chit-chatting with you. Yeah, we could certainly do it again. We didn't even touch upon your games experience and so much more, but I think, you know, hearing you talk about coaching is really more valuable to the listeners. So we are grateful that you did that. Thank you. 
have a great rest of the night. Let go tell the boys to stay off social media, practice guitar. Perfect. Uh, You know, learn a couple ballads, I would say, you know, so, and and tell him, here's the trick, crack the door, play the guitar nonchalantly. So when the girls walk by, they're like, oh, who's that? Where's that guitar coming? Come on in, ladies. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my shirt came off. No big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Play guitar. So, all right. You got that to look forward to. But uh, it's going to be a good time. So thanks again. All right. Thanks, Jason. Have a great rest of the night. All right. You too. Bye-bye. What did I tell you? You were going to love it. And if you're still listening, that's because I was absolutely right. So I hope you enjoyed my interview with Pam. Check her out online if you want to improve your gymnastics. She's your go-to gal. You will not regret it. She knows what she's doing. As you can tell, she loves coaching and she is gifted at it. So thanks again for listening to my interview with my good friend, Pam. Hope you enjoyed. Check out the website, besthouroftheirday.com. Share us all over the world. Any social media avenue you are willing to hit that share button, we appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Best Hour of Their Day.